about the altar ministry. Are you ready? Here to go. All right, Lord, I thank you for this time with the, the word. I pray that you'll give us good fertile soil. Come speak through me. Let everything be accomplished through this time. Lord, I'm preaching your word, speaking your word, that your will be done. Let it go forth and bear fruit, light shining in dark places, and be powerful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so week number one I discussed about remembering being totally dependent on the Holy Spirit and that we really don't have anything to offer in and of ourselves, so we have to totally depend on the Holy Spirit. Week two, last week I talked about tips about how to pray for people. Don't, uh, don't go by just what people are telling you. A lot of times they're actually trying to deal with hacking off fruit in their life and they're, they're not aware of the root problem. But you, you have to discern the root problem and help them to get the victory there. So I'm not going to go back into that. But I'm going to tell you a couple things I've learned about the location. Before a service, I pray over the service and for those that will be there. That's very key. Because as you pray over the services beforehand, when you go into the service, now there's the answer prayers are happening. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to walk into a service cold and then try to, you know, function in that. You want to really pray over the service, and then God is going to be answering prayers when you come into it. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Number one, I pray over it. And here's some things that I pray over the services. I pray that there will be an open heaven over the service, over the location. Angels ascending and descending. Because they do make a difference. They help. And also revival fire falling all around. But an open heaven is potentially ours. It's like, for example, Jesus paid for the sin of the world. The world. Is everybody saved? No. So it's potentially available to everybody, isn't it? But not everybody's laid hold of it. Uh, same thing with healing. Jesus paid for healing for the, everybody. You know, he's paid for our complete healing. But it has to be taken by faith. He's paid for our deliverance, but there's still people that need breakthroughs. So the open heaven is potentially there, but it's not always just automatically there. you got to pray about it. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes there's some resistance. But God will give you an open heaven if you keep being persistent. And an open heaven like we have here is amazing. When I went to Toronto, that's the one thing that I really noticed was I felt like when I was, you know, on the carpet there soaking, I literally felt that I could I could feel the Lord. It was as though there was no resistance or hindrance between me and him at all. It was just wide open. And that was that was really neat. Because most places you go, you don't feel that level. Okay? But the open heaven is, is definitely available to us if we press into it. All right. So number one, I pray about open heaven and angelic ministry. Don't focus on angels. Some people do that, and it's actually very foolish because you're getting people's attention off of Jesus. Listen, the focus, Jesus is our Savior. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. When you get people's focus on either some angel or something that somebody sees, or you get their focus on man, it can actually hinder them from receiving. The focus needs to be on Jesus. They're laying hold of him. Like the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus, you're my healer. I lay hold of you. And so keep everybody's focus on the Lord, but understand that angels do play a role, and they do help. 
So ask the Lord to send them. I've got a lot of angel stories that I don't tell. My wife will tell you I do, but I don't talk about them a lot because it's that's not that big a deal. It's not that important. It's because you haven't seen an angel. If you're saved, they're around you. Okay, whether you see them or not, they're there. Um, but I remember one time in particular. I just tell one real quick that I was driving to a meeting where I was going to preach, and I was ministering a lot to a lot of lost, hurting, broken people that needed powerful breakthroughs. And as I was going, I was aware. I was driving my car that there was an angel that was above my car. I could see him. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a good one tonight. I've got help. Jesus, I think you sent me some help. And I didn't go there and tell anybody about no angel or nothing else. I just preached Jesus. But you know what? I'm telling you, it was a powerful night. He helped me out. Amen. <laughs> they will help you. That's why they come. Or another thing I pray for um, is a fresh anointing, a thick glory of God. So a fresh anointing. Now, I can get these notes to you guys, but just listen. A fresh anointing, not yesterday's anointing, a fresh anointing for now. A thick glory, that weighty, heavy presence you feel in here, that's the glory. Waves of power. It was said in Finney's meetings that you could feel like electric waves of power. Isn't that awesome? Pray for that. Reinhard Bonnke always described the glory like a liquid fire. I like that, so I I took that from Bonnke and stole it. Now it's mine. And, uh, and um, another thing is the different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I pray about that. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. That's King James. Let me say it modern English. You don't have things that you could have because you didn't ask for it. Okay? So I pray about all this. And one of the things I pray is that the Holy Spirit would be released as a fire. Because as a fire, as, as, he's, as he comes as a fire... What does fire do? It burns out all that junk that needs to go, and it sets people on fire. I ask that the Holy Spirit be released as a wind. The wind of the Spirit will blow out all that chaff out that needs to go, but also will breathe the breath of life. So what people, how many of you guys have left River of Life and felt really refreshed? You know what that was? That was the breath of heaven breathing into you, just a fresh life. The rain. The rain comes down and washes. But you know what the rain does? Rain makes people good, fertile soil. So whenever you preach the word, the rain is is coming down on people spiritually and they're good, fertile soil for the word of God and what God's going to do. And also, I believe it has to do with refreshing. All of it really has to do with refreshing. And then the river, the river of God. Wherever the river flows, just like the song, there's healing and there's life. And so the river... I pray that God will release his river and that it'll just be over our heads and we'll go with the current. Um, The other manifestations of the Holy Spirit, oil, wine, and joy, they kind of go together. The the wine of the Spirit has to do with the joy. Like on the day of Pentecost, they said, these guys are drunk. The famous thing Peter said, these are not drunk as you supposed. (laughs) These are filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's a wine of the Spirit, and it's joy. But you know, in, the, um, in those times, if they had somebody that was wounded, like an open wound, a lot of times they would pour in wine that would disinfect and clean out the wound. Okay, Then they would pour in the oil, because the oil would actually cause like a soothing effect. Okay, Then they would bandage it. So the oil and the wine has to do with inner healing. 
and of course the joy does as well. So I pray about the oil, the wine, and the joy that will clean out wounds and heal people. Another thing is I pray that Jesus would be revealed and come as the Savior, the Healer, the Deliverer, and the Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And then I'll pray about impartation in the service. I'll really pray over the sermon, you know, beforehand. I always pray corporately, but I, I've spent a lot of time in prayer before that. And I pray that all the gifts will be at work accurately and powerfully under a fresh anointing. And there'll be great demonstrations of the Spirit's power. Because people need that. And so anyway, those are things I pray over the service. And if you can, it's always really great to be able to pray in the location you're going to minister. I like to do that when I can. And obviously here I can. But that's why I come during the day many times and will spend some time here in prayer instead of at my house. Because you're preparing the atmosphere. And it's neat because of the 435 prayer we have on Saturdays before church. It prepares the atmosphere. And then people come into that atmosphere. So if you can pray in the location that you're going to minister, it does make a difference about that location. If you cannot do that, then go in faith. That God's going to show up and explode. Amen. And, um, you know, the anointing isn't a lot of times what people think. They think, well, if I do this, that, and the other. And um, I've had times where I didn't even have the chance to pray like I wanted to. I could not be able to. Time did not permit or whatever. And God still showed up in an awesome way. I remember a meeting I was in with Rodney Howard Brown, and he said that um, he had he had prayed for people till late in the evening, you know, midnight, one, two in the morning, and he had to be up the next morning in the church service. And he didn't have he came in, and he didn't have a lot of time to pray that morning. You know, he's really tired, and he said he walked into the service, and he said the Holy Spirit just hit him. As soon as he walked in, and he's, he said it felt like rivers, and he was just in the glory during the worship, and then the anointing. So I'm just saying that God God will meet you where your need is, okay? Because a lot of people think, well, i got to pray just for so long and do so many things for God to show up, and that's not really true, okay? God sees your heart and your life, your overall life of prayer. And the, the story Benny Hinn told, they had asked him to um, minister at Catherine Pullman's funeral. And to, to say some things about her, I think it was actually, I'm sorry, not the funeral, but maybe like a, a service to honor her or something. And he was really wanting God to move. And um, he had been discipled by some of some of the people in her ministry. And this lady, I don't remember her name. This is how the book, The Anointing. She told Benny, she said, I want you to preach tonight and God will show up. But don't go home and start praying and praying and praying and mess everything up. And Benny was like, that's the most ridiculous unspiritual thing anybody's ever told me and he went home and he started praying and praying and praying just like she told him not to and he got all nervous and freaked out about the service all these people are going to be there I don't know what I'm going to do I'm, I mean I'm ministering about Catherine Pullman and, and I, you know and he got all freaked out about it. he got intimidated and he went there and it was horrible he said he said he even sang it was out of key and it was bad and um, God really taught him a lesson and said um, and this is in his book the anointing told, told him said um he learned not to focus on one isolated time of prayer, but to live a life of prayer. Does that make sense? All right. And speaking blessings, if you're in a, a location, speak a blessing over the place, over the service, and those that are coming. Blessings are so powerful. All right, here's another thing. This is going to be a different angle, and then I'm going to try to close this out. But 
You need to lay down some ground rules of engagement regarding the enemy. I learned this when I was ministering at a home for troubled teens that had come out of gangs, drugs, uh, witchcraft, you name it, every background you can imagine, every ethnicity you can imagine. The most eclectic group I've ever ministered to in my life. And um, it was, I mean, I had a Pentecostal and then a Catholic, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, every race, all kinds of backgrounds. And so I just went in there and preached Jesus, and God showed up and touched everybody, okay? And it was awesome. But one of the things that I learned during this time was a lot of those young people were demonized. They had been coming out of a lot of sin. And this is where I started learning about the deliverance ministry, because I didn't know. I I would preach Jesus in the blood. They would come down, be crying, get saved, and they were genuine. I'd go through and pray for them. They, They were really getting healed. There's some very cool stories there of how God healed those, those people. But also they were getting delivered to demons. And um, this is where I started seeing how Christians can have demons. And I remember these these girls, I mean, talking in man's voices. and I mean, I've got some crazy stories. And it was uh, it was really a learning experience. But here's, here's what stuck with me from that time. They got delivered, healed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. God even baptized the Baptist in the Holy Spirit. You know it's a move of God. Amen. <laughs> and um, I'm serious. It was a real move of God. And there was, but here's, here's something that I learned from that time. These young people didn't know anything about, but they were coming to me. And after we'd have a really powerful service, I would see them later and I'd hear stories. Oh, Pastor Scott, this happened, this happened. And testimonies. And I was like, oh, that's great. Well, I started also hearing, though, that say that somebody got delivered of some demons or whatever. Then one of the girls or something or somebody would come to me and say, Well, Scott, here's, I was trying to sleep and this really weird, bizarre thing started happening. I was like, it sounds demonic. And I'd pray about it. And the Lord dealt with me and said, Look, you need to, when you drive out these demonic spirits, you need to get them out of here. Because they're floating around messing with people. And I had never really thought about it. And so I started learning about that. I started learning about when you send them out that you need to lay down some ground rules up front. You're not going to go mess with anybody else. You're going to do this, that, and the other. See what I mean? Because I was kicking them out, and they were leaving, but then they'd go float around a dorm somewhere and start messing with people. And uh, they were coming to me telling me these crazy stories. And like I said, this wasn't something that anybody said to them. Nobody put this thought in their head. They, They were genuinely like, man, I'm trying to sleep, and this weird stuff's going on. It's like, okay. So, here's some things that I've learned to pray before the service. Number one, bind, bind up and bring under the authority of Jesus Christ and his blood any demonic spirits. That's going to be in anybody's life whatsoever. Number two, here's some commands you can give them. You're not going to harm anybody, and when you leave, you're not going to go to somebody else. Amen? You're, they're going to go straight in the abyss where they're supposed to be. Number two, you're not going to use any demonic trickery or deception or call on others to, to help you or assist you in any way. The next one is you're not going to pass duties on to others or you're not going to re-enter anybody's life. The next one is bind up Satan's kingdom from the heavenlies or any other realms that they're not going to be able to send or lend any outside assistance or interference. Okay, Because the enemy many times will try to interfere from like the heavenlies or some other realms but just bind that where it won't be able to in Jesus name. All right, another one is 
bind and drive out any spirits that have been sent to try to hinder, delay, or block deliverances from happening. Because you go in there and you're dealing with stuff in people's lives and then the enemy sends some other thing in there to try to hinder the service. Yeah. You learn some things over the years. Another one is, command them to line up in order of rank and always deal with the strong man first. That's a big deal. Again, I'll send these notes out, so if you guys want to just, you know, I'll get them to you. But line up in order of rank. Command that the demonic is going to line up in order of rank, and you're going to deal with the strong man first. Because once you get rid of him, the others will easily be dealt with. And then the last thing is, um, command that they are going to repair the damage they caused. They're going to take out of people whatever they put in them. They're going to restore whatever they've stolen. And they're going to put any disorders back in order. There's a man, Reuben Tillery, that really spoke into my life about some of this stuff. And he said that whenever he would uh, pray about cancer, he personally felt it was demonic usually. And he would command that the spirit of cancer to leave and take the cancer out of people. And he said... He had a lot of testimonies of people that said that not only did they feel something leave them, but that it, all, the, all the cancer was gone. So you need, to, you need to take authority over these things. You see what I'm saying? Because they, they try to take advantage of the fact that maybe you've kicked them out, but they're floating around messing with somebody else or whatever. So lay down the ground rules. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. And as far as repairing the damage, if they had the ability to damage, they also have the ability to fix whatever they damage. If they've stolen something, the Bible says a thief must restore sevenfold what he's stolen. And how many knows that the enemy is a thief? And if they've put something in people, they have to take it out. And disorders, disorders, whether it's physical disorders, mental disorders, whatever has been out of order and not functioning the way it should, needs to be put back in order. And then they're going to do this as quick as they can and go straight in the events. All right. So since I've been doing that, different people have spoken in my life about these things. Um, Don Dickerman did some incredible teaching on this. And again, there's several other people. And just my personal experience, I've kind of compiled that. All right. Another thing is, just to recap and close out, but we've got to use our authority. Christians have authority. Matthew 10, I believe, where it talked about Jesus said, I'm sending you out and to have authority over sickness. You have authority over sickness. You have authority over demons. You have authority over the works of the devil. And the keys to the kingdom. The keys are the authority. To bind and to loose. Bind means to tie them up. Loose means to destroy. So you have the authority to walk up to somebody's life that's addicted to drugs. And in Jesus' name, I break this addiction. I break it. It's destroyed now. And man, once you get a revelation of your authority, I've done stuff like that for many, many years, going way back to these stories about this home I was ministering at, that you can feel, you can literally feel like a, like a snap or a pop, and people jolt, because something's breaking off of them. You, we have authority to break that off them. Whatever the devil's put on them, we have authority to break it off of them. Let's loose it off of them. We also have authority to bind up and drive out the demonic, okay? Because you've got to use your authority um, in the name of Jesus. So you have, a, you have the authority to curse sickness, destroy the works of Satan, and drive out evil spirits. All right. 
And also, you know, pray about, don't get focused on it, but pray about the Lord sending angels to help with things. Because when, especially when it comes to deliverance, they make a big difference, don't they? So pray and ask the Lord to send help. Um, and then the last couple things is this. Prepare yourself before you go minister. You need to really keep yourself pure. And before you're going to minister, before you're going to go pray for people and lay hands and all that, it'd be good to get alone with God, maybe take communion, examine yourself, and just get really washed and holy and pure and make sure there's no pollution. Um, John Kilpatrick talked about during, before the revival broke out and into the revival at Brownsville, he said that he would anoint himself with oil. You know, he would anoint, I guess... Um, his tongue he talked about to preach the word. But, it, you know, he also talked about praying for all these people that have come off the streets and all kinds of stuff. And he said he would anoint his hands and then go out there and lay hands on everybody. But you want to make sure that you're right. You don't want to door. You don't want to have unforgiveness and then go out praying for people because that's a door. Um, when I've, I've ministered and um, I've had some pretty crazy stories I could tell you and I mean a lot of them but I remember taking authority over demonic stuff and I'd be standing there and I could feel something leave somebody and walk past me I could feel it come out of them and um, you know you've got to be ready to deal with that and the last thing you want is to have some unforgiveness some sin in your life that's not right and something just walked out of somebody that you just commanded it to leave, you know, it's not a good idea. Amen? It's not smart. You want to make sure you're ready going in there that you're right. So, and I close with this. Last week I mentioned the prayers I pray before I minister. That God will allow me to, to minister under a fresh and a, the greatest anointing I ever have, in the greatest glory I ever have, in great faith. His faith is what gets the job done. And God give me his love and his heart for his people. Quick testimony about that. And Brianna told me last Saturday she felt led to pray those things. You know, she'd taken notes. And she says she felt different, you know, during the service as she was leading worship. So these you know, this is just some stuff to help you, but that preparing the atmosphere, laying the groundwork, laying down the uh, the groundwork of, of of the heavens being open. Praying into the service. And then also laying down the ground rules. The enemy, you're going to do this. You're not going to do this. And you just lay out the rules. And then when you come in, you're, you're functioning under what you've prepared, what you've prayed over. And go in faith. Step out in faith. 